This is my whiskey book. So I'll show you an example page. They're all a little bit different. So it's just like the tasting profile, the colors. You can take notes, leave ratings. Does it say it tastes like beef jerky? That's what I, I said. No, I wrote down it tastes like beef jerky smells. It's good to see you guys back in the office. Been just sitting here looking at crime scene photos. What do you think of this one, Rick? Wow, that is really detailed. Oh, yeah. I could see the details you're talking about. Tell everybody about the details, RJ. You know the details he's talking about. Yeah, uh, I really like the color of crayon that you used. <laughs> it is something like a like a burnt sienna. I think that's a really, really great choice. Good job, buddy. These were taken by a crime scene analyst. These are photographs. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. It's a crime scene, and I can tell. His name's <laughs> at the bottom. It says Billy Jr., <laughs> Crime scene analyst. Mm -hmm. See, that's what CSA stands for. <laughs> okay, well, this uh, Bonet thing, you guys want to continue? Like, we got to finish this off. Santa Claus is... Yeah. It's actually kind of scary, the Santa that wants us to solve this. So, What, is that? what does that mean? He's very ominous. Very uh, Russian. Slavic Claus. It's Slavic Claus. Slavic Claus? Yeah. Communist Claus. Wait, that's is that related to the case? No. It's just he wants us to solve it and I kind of said yes. Oh. Which which one of our friends is taking on that responsibility? <laughs> <laughs> this guy is Slavic Claus and if he doesn't come to your house in the middle of the night looking for stuff to give to the other kids, I don't know what you uh hmm. Well, I know it's not you because your accents are terrible. It's definitely not me. <laughs> An elite team of private detectives. What if balloons are aliens? Maybe that's the key component we're missing. Cover-ups. John's guilty. Mysteries that need to be solved. Maybe Mormons need mountains. Richard, shut up. All right, well, uh, what do you guys remember from... We're back. I'm here with RJ and Rick again. I remember guys... I remember all of it. We can dive right in. I remember every detail. I definitely just got done listening to the episode and mm -hmm. did not forget. <laughs> That's good. You listened to it first. Mm -hmm. I kind of didn't even mean to lead into this, but I did lead into this. I made them listen to it. I was like, listen to this before we go, because you guys keep forgetting. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that's what the contempt of RJ is right now. <laughs> no, it's not contempt. I'm just I'm just letting you know how how good of a boy I was. <laughs> you just okay. You just described listening to the episode like going to work at 817 this morning, though. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh no. God no. I wouldn't equate it to that. Yeah, he went to work this morning. Uh... <laughs> which is cool, but tell me what you remember. So up to you now, so I could just start from there. Like, give a quick synopsis. Uh, we caught the killer. You, Yeah. <laughs> Rick's convinced he, killed, he figured it out already. He doesn't even got all the evidence yet. Yep, I'll pass over to RJ now. Finish it off. Uh, yeah, an undead ghoul uh, necromancer-type creature sired a young girl named John Benet Ramsey. <laughs> and then the emotionless corpse golem raped and murdered her <laughs> okay here's my synopsis then. 
So I told you about John Bidet. I told you all the evidence. I told you what happened. I haven't implicated anyone in this yet. We went through the crime scene. We went through strange behaviors of certain people. We talked about the cops fucking up the scene, the crime scene. We talked about John Senior or John. Does he call him Senior? Is that like a junior? Is John Bidet John Ramsey? It should junior? be. It should be. He <laughs> should have to live with that. Yeah, John. Uh, John Ramsey hires a lawyer then they go on cnn and then that's where the ghouls came out and they were, bo- were both just convinced that he murdered them and uh or murdered john benet i mean that them applies too there's no way he hasn't murdered more little girls you think so pal that's the thing you're saying like we're not implicating anybody his face implicates him Oh, I'm not. I we're definitely implicating someone. We just haven't yet, is what I'm saying. Like you guys have. I'm still on the like. I have to tell you guys some more shit. I'm just saying he's guilty by default. Like that's like it doesn't matter what he's doing. Like if he if he walks into a store, somebody should be like that guy just stole something. And every time he leaves, he should have to <laughs> prove beyond an unreasonable amount of evidence that he didn't do it and i just ended on the interview talking about the interview with everyone which was like the second interview they did right uh yes that's right it's the second uh their second like police interview and they changed their stories to the police all right well uh the media is going crazy with this case too we're talking about that how it's like on every fucking national inquire any magazine like that plus it's in like national papers too like conspiracy theories and shit were happening on national inquire and stuff like that uh but the papers were reporting this like new york times everything this went pretty fucking if this was the internet times this would have went crazy and it never would happen actually like they would have been caught right quick and they also it's because they had the sexual molestation accusations were starting to pop up and that became made it sensationalized even more like they're saying john ramsey's been molesting john bonnet for years and he finally snapped and killed her and that's what like a lot of people are saying already not true though there was never ever any evidence of him ever molesting john bonnet if he did that would have been that night it's never happened before they talked to the girls before anybody that knew him he never did it to anybody else so Maybe if he was just 40 years old and went like, I want to fuck a kid now, but I don't think that's what happened. There's just never. So, yeah, I don't think he was ever molesting her. But that went around and that would suck if you're a guy who just lost his kid. Let's pretend he's not guilty. And that's happening. <laughs> like that's that's a big ask. <laughs> yeah, you lost me there. <laughs> OK, <laughs> like literally no proof of it ever. But he just looks that way. No proof of what? Of him molesting his daughter ever. I didn't say that. I said she, he killed. He killed her. I said that. I'm I'm saying that. <laughs> I'll get on board with that. But he definitely killed her. What I'm saying is, even if he killed her, well, I guess that doesn't matter. Who cares if you're making fun of the murderer? But I'm like, let's say if he didn't, and then that starts popping up. People already think he killed her. Like, I know you guys can't suspend your disbelief on this at all. So fair enough. No, I will. I will. What What do you want me to suspend? He didn't actually do it. Let's pretend he didn't do it. Somebody else did do it. And then all these like, he's, I'm a molest. Like people are saying he's a molester and a murderer. Like that's a lot to take. I'm just trying to give it the uh, a fair balance of why you get a lawyer instantaneously. I'm willing, I'm willing to put him away for just murder. I'll toss the molestation charge. I'm- for sure. But what I'm saying is just pretend he didn't do any of it. And you're the guy that's getting all this. Like you didn't kill anyone, but everyone thinks you killed someone, Rick. And then they then not only that they say you fucked her before you killed her. Yeah, see, but I simply would just not kill my daughter. So it would be pretty hard to get me for that. Yeah, but it doesn't matter because they didn't ever get him either. 
So if he didn't do it and people just kept hounding because they thought you did it, whether they he did it or not, let's pretend it's you right now saying mm-hmm, somebody mm-hmm. said you killed your fucking grandma or something. And you're like, no, I didn't. Like, well, I we know you did. And then it goes through the news cycle. And then they kept yeah. saying you fucked your grandma after. That would be rough on you. I think the problem is that what you're not accounting for is the difference between that situation and me is that I didn't kill my daughter. <laughs> And I think I think the the other key difference is is that Rick Rick is not uh, a two thousand year old undead lich necromancer. Um, who can... <laughs> yes, he is. We've established he's a goddamn vampire in the past. <laughs> we said vampire. We didn't say he was a mage. Definitely not one dealing with with death magic, who can summon you know some kind of like flame atronach to uh, you know ward off the police, such as the case with Mister Ramsey. Okay. <laughs> all right. So anyways, moving on. So they see all this stuff in the media. They're ha- it's happening. So a couple days after they make their statement to the police, the Ramses actually go and do like a media run to go like try and defend themselves against like sexual assault accusations. What do you think happened? You think that helped or not? No, it didn't. It didn't. Yeah, hit. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> they media ate up the attempts for an interview. The more they talked, the more people thought they were guilty. The DNA results came out on the uh, 14th of May, and then the 14th of June, the autopsy reports are released to the public. The DNA shows that there are no matches, and the autopsy report reveals to the public the details of John Bonet's death that we went over last episode. The police are really focused on the Ramses, but apparently there's other suspects. We'll talk about them, too, in a bit. January 16th, Governor Ray Romer rejects the white's request to change the da to a special prosecutor they thought the da was just like the da didn't believe that it was the ramses the police did so the da and the police were fighting the whole time so the police were trying to get but the da wouldn't go uh, go for any charges so the whites like fleet and priscilla white their friends oh thank you for clarifying i thought you were talking for all the whites i was confused no 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 fleet (laughs) i speak for the whites (laughs) i was like wow that's a a quick turn (laughs) yeah no fleet and priscilla they're they're friends that they stayed at their house after their murder they were at their house the same night for the party right they were there with the day john benet was found and all that kind of stuff they were the type friends of the but then the ramses start throwing out other fucking suspects one of them being fleet white he, he could have done it he was there too and that was his friend and like at this point he's pissed and he just wants the fucking da gone to a special prosecutor because the, he knew the da didn't believe that john killed them and he couldn't have figured out himself like even his friends were starting to say like john killed this fucking kid john was saying fleet and priscilla did it so much that the da started investigating him too like you know what i mean it's it's a lot i they hate them now. They, they uh, at this point, Fleet. I'm pretty sure still think John and Patsy had something to do with it, even like today's day. So the police want to interview the Ramses again in January 1998 because a lot of new things have come up with the DNA coming out and the autopsy reports. The Ramses agree under some stipulations. They get their lawyer to tell the Boulder PD that if he wants to come in for an interview, you got to release all the evidence you've collected so far to our lawyers so we can look at it before we get interviewed. Wow. <laughs> no? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I don't think anybody's ever done that ever to like the they didn't call them suspects ever. So they called them what was it? Main focuses of the investigation. Just give them all the evidence. Here's what you could lie about. <laughs> the Ramsey request is rejected and the police never really get another formal interview with the Ramseys. On January 29th, 1998, 
the Ramses give their clothes from the night of the murder to the police. January 29th, 1998. They later used the red turtleneck to find some fibers. Turtleneck that she wore actually some of the fibers that were underneath the duct tape that was on John Bonet's mouth that got ripped off at the crime scene. They matched the garment, some of the fibers. That's not really a huge clue, but it is a clue that's out there. By March 1998, Governor Romer changes his mind and he calls for a grand jury investigation into the case because of public pressure and from other people like, yeah, he, he just had to be like, hey, we need to get a new special. We need to fucking find the kid, person who killed this kid and you guys aren't doing anything. So time to change the DA. Do you guys really understand like what they do with grand juries? I didn't understand this. You guys are the only, one of the only countries that do this. Do you know what a grand jury is? Yeah, they kind of decide whether or not uh, they're going to move forward with it, right? Yeah, they. I don't know. Sometimes if prosecutors don't have, like, they're not really sure if they should charge. Even if they are sure, I guess sometimes it's like an easy motion. They go just through the motions of a grand jury. But they have to just see if they're allowed to make formal charges to someone. Kind of like verify, like reinforces the yeah. uh, indictment or whatever. Yeah. The, what I found interesting is there's no defense involved in a grand jury. It's all prosecution. So there's nobody else like defending any type of they bring up a bunch of shit and then that's all they see they don't get to see the other side of it right there was 15 months that passed since the murder and then there's been a lot of nothing so they interview 11 year old burke like the older brother that was there not much is added because of talking to burke he's an 11 year old kid uh, august 1998 the audio on the 9 call is enhanced and that was that i don't know if you guys listened but you can't hear anything i don't i can't hear it uh we could play it again but i you can tell me if you can hear it, but just at the end, they think that Patsy had a hard time hanging up the phone and you hear kind of quietly you hear John Ramsey saying, we're not speaking to you. And then Patsy Ramsey's like, help me, Jesus. And then Patsy Ramsey says, what did you do? And then Burke, you kind of hear a little kid's voice saying, what did you find? I'll play that again. You guys tell me if you can hear it. I can't fucking hear it. I don't see it. Kind of strikes me like, like when they... They pretend like they heard voices on a recording in Ghost Hunters. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, honestly, it's kind of here. It's kind of like that. Patsy? I don't know, man. I, we could try it again there, but I think it's, that, does it doesn't. Okay, it's but like, who the right fuck now, would say any of that? Like, that has no context with any reality. Like, that's like the. It's three different people, and the words don't even... I'll, I'll tell you what they think it means, if you want to know. Like, the cops have a really good... Well, they have a pretty good fucking idea of what they think that means. I just don't hear it. Like, they hear something that I don't even think is there. That's what I think is fucked. Sure, whatever, that's what it says, but let's pretend it does say that. It helps their theory, right? The police's theory as to what happened. We're not speaking to you as them supposed to say, talking to Burke, and then she... Uh, Patsy just freaking out over top of the body being help me Jesus help me Jesus what did you do is implica implying like talking to Burke is my guess is that what he said what did you do well, I thought it was Patsy says what did you do he says we're not speaking to you Burke says what did you find or whatever yeah what did you find what the fuck does that mean who says that I don't know like a nine-year-old kid about what though Oh, they're freaking out. Let's pretend like I, if it's if that's on there, my guess is just a kid waking up in the middle of the night, hearing his mom freaking out and saying like, what did you find? What's what's the why are we freaking out in here? True. She might just scream like, help me, Jesus, about like any random mm -hmm. TV show that's on. She sounds like the type. Oh, she's there to get on her knees and pray Christian. So, well, clearly they should have. Yeah. So, yeah. So October comes around. Uh, all that stuff's released to the public, whatever. October comes around. The grand jury starts hearing evidence in the case. Uh, they see the handwriting, the autopsy, DNA, 
hair and fiber. They even uh, head to the Ramsey house in Boulder. Like the whole grand jury goes and checks out the actual house. So that's October 98, May 1999, a 12-year-old Burke is questioned by the grand jury. Another year later, 12 years old, three years since it happened. The grand jury ended up deciding that they actually had enough evidence to indict the Ramseys for putting John Bonet in enough danger that she could end up being murdered. So that's how they framed it. Like, we don't, we can't say she murdered him, but they definitely had something to do with it. See, I feel like it's harder to prove that they put her into some sort of danger that led to it than just blaming the dad. Yeah. The problem is they don't think that you'll see what happens. Their wallets don't think the dad did it or what? No. Well, that's part. Of, I The lawyers protecting them is a big part of it for sure. But they, they think it's Patsy. And we'll talk about why in a bit. So October 13th, DA Hunter says there isn't sufficient evidence to charge anyone with the murder because he's scared he's not going to get a guilty without a reasonable doubt. So he nullified his own grand jury's findings. He said, no, nope, fuck that. We're not doing it. Um. Yeah, he's scared that he could indict, but he was scared of not getting the actual conviction, which is horseshit. I don't, I don't know. He just doesn't believe John Ramsey did it, but the fucking grand, 12 other people said it was cool to do it. Like, I don't know, man. But they did interview one of the grand jury members. They didn't give a name. I guess they're being anonymous for this thing. In December 2016, they talked to one of these guys and he agreed that they probably shouldn't have indicted John Ramsey. They didn't have enough hard evidence. August, 1999. All right. Hold pause yep. though. Was he in the room? The grand jury member? No, John Ramsey. Was he in which room? When the jury, when the, when the prosecution was making no. its case to the jury. No, no. Did they have pictures? Smart move. Smart move. <laughs> I see where you're going with this. Did they actually look at his physical appearance? Is that what you say? In person, you mean? Or at all. Just well, at all. He was on every fucking newspaper yeah, okay. for the so past then, three years. They've all seen what he looked like for sure. They had, then they had hard evidence. <laughs> I love, I love being a private detective. We could just, we have hard evidence. This is great. It's my favorite. Look, man, I'm not saying that everybody who's accused of murdering their kid <laughs> actually did it, but if one single one did, it's John Ramsey. Okay. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> it's fair enough. August 1999, Detective Arndt, remember the girl that was there that kind of fucked up the whole thing? She, Linda Arndt. She does a, an interview with Good Morning America. Uh, she doesn't say John did it directly. But she says it. The detective who first handled the case has no questions about who is guilty. I know who killed Champagne. There's no doubt in my mind who killed Champagne. And until, while this investigation is still ongoing, I don't think it's appropriate that I, I say that name out loud. What the fuck are her eyes? Linda Arndt was the first detective on the scene at the Ramsey house on December 26, 1996, the morning John and Patsy Ramsey had reported their six-year-old daughter, John Bonet, missing. There's a lot going on with her face. There's a lot to unpack just in, like, every frame. It is so scary. Now she's speaking out to set the record straight, telling her side of that dramatic day three years ago. 101 p.m. Although the house had already been searched by patrolmen before she arrived, Arndt says that in order to break the building tension, she asked John Ramsey and his friend Fleet White to search the house again, top to bottom, looking for anything out of place. She says she gave them specific instructions not to touch anything. 
She says John Ramsey headed straight to the basement. She heard Fleet White scream for an ambulance and then a chilling discovery. For Arndt, the pieces of the puzzle fell into place. And I see John Ramsey carrying Jean Bonnet up the last three steps. As a cop, why are you not searching the house before you wait for the random... I, a kid goes missing, you're not going to just be like, ah, maybe we should just check the house. And, um, and my mind exploded. And everything that I had noted that morning that stuck out instantly made sense. And JonBenet was clearly dead. Then she's been dead for a while. I ordered him to put JonBenet down. I knelt next to her and I leaned down to her face. And John leaned down opposite me. And um, his face was just inches from mine. And we had a nonverbal exchange that I will never forget. And he asked if she was dead. And I said, yes, she's dead. And I told him to go back to the room and to dial 911. And as we looked at each other, I remember, and I wore a shoulder holster, tucking my gun right next to me and consciously counting, I've got 18 bullets. Why did you do that? Because I didn't know if we'd all be alive when people showed up. I said that everything made sense in that instance. And uh, I knew what happened. Do you think your fear was well-founded? You bet I do. There's no doubt in my mind. To this day? Never wavered. You were afraid because you thought the killer was still in the house. I knew it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyways, the rest of it's just her complaining about her. She didn't fuck up the crime scene. I just wanted you to hear her say, like, John Ramsey fucking did it. Like, I don't care. Like, that that's her just basically telling everyone John Ramsey killed. Mm. Without saying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the rest of it, she's literally sues the police later, but we'll talk about her in a bit. After the grand jury case is dropped on March 17, 2000, the Ramseys publish a book called The Death of Innocence, along with a publicity campaign to promote it. And they start throwing out their own theories about who's doing it in print. Uh, and then the world moves on. Well, the world moves on for most people. 2006 stops moving on for Patsy when she dies of her returning ovarian cancer. But everybody else, life kept moving on. <laughs> everybody who was alive's lives was continuing to live. Yeah. Uh, she's uh, buried beside John Bonet. Still under suspicion for her daughter's death. The DA and the Boulder police still don't get along, weren't getting along throughout this whole thing, each calling us each calling the other suspect and the way they are doing their investigation. Uh, like I said, the DA believes that the Ramseys had nothing to do with the murder, while the Boulder PD thinks the opposite. In 2008, the new Boulder County DA, Marcy Lacey, wrote a letter saying that she was clearing the Ramseys of any involvement in John Bonet's death. To this day, John Ramsey still tries to find out who has killed his daughter. He goes on podcasts. He goes to true crime conventions with his theories. 
I'm assuming this John Bonet's death is his like main source of income now because he can't, complains he can't get a job anywhere because he spent all his money first of all trying to figure out who killed John Bonet and protect himself, and everybody knows who he is and won't give him a job. <laughs> so, yeah, I think he just makes profiteering off of his daughter's death is what I think. The, the downside to getting away with murdering your daughter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does have its drawbacks. Hey, you know what? Um, I do find it odd that he can't get a uh, a job because, I mean, having this as your LinkedIn profile picture is pretty <laughs> slick, I think. I mean, I think he looks wonderful in that image. Also, another angle, he doesn't look too bad here. <laughs> I don't know. I just I find it odd he, he didn't get some hits. With RJ put up some pictures of liches, like legit John mm-hmm. Ramsey exclusive lich pics. Yeah. Well, the theories on this, that's basically what happened throughout the years. There's two major theories. Someone in the family did it, or there was an intruder who did it. Then actually, there's a third category, which are just conspiracies, which are fun. Before we get into theories, I want to talk about DNA for a second. DNA, her DNA has been tested and retested under the newest technology over the years. Uh, The DNA profile has been disputed as to whether or not it's the killers at all. There's a DNA profile that came up from this. There's two unknown DNA profiles. These DNA samples have been like the kind that have likely come from like someone could have just sneezed on the, I know it's in her underwear and shit like that, but like they say it could be someone at the factory just sneezing on it and leaving touch DNA it could be John. My point is, it's not John Bene- or John Ramsey's DNA, but that doesn't change anything. I think that DNA is just touch DNA. The fuck? Yeah, you could touch my DNA. My DNA could be everywhere. It, it as long as you touch something for two seconds or longer, it could be. Yeah, that's a good way to get out of just about any crime. Like I, I go a lot of places. I got str- I got strong DNA. Yeah, but you they they start to develop patterns when it comes to lots of DNA. Then right, it's different. My than- DNA develops patterns. The pattern is it doesn't go away. It's been everywhere. What? They develop like movement patterns, (laughs) like where you go. And like, that's how they start. They, before they only just find like someone's blood, like a droplet of blood. And then they'd be like, he was the murderer because there was blood under fingernails. I mean, yeah, but I guess that's not fair to people who are allergic to little girls underwear. (laughs) Of course, they're going to be sneezing. It's true. I'm just saying the DNA on this is touch DNA. It could come from fucking literally anything. It's not DNA is you can get very sensitive the way they found it and profiled this. It could be from just someone touching. It doesn't have to be semen or, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be blood or whatever. It's just touch DNA. That's all. Let's just do the conspiracies first because they're funny. There's conspiracy out there that John Bonet is actually was whisked away and grew up underground in some Hollywood basement. And she is now Katy Perry. So John Bonet is Katy Perry. Mm-hmm. That's one that's out there. Mm-hmm. They Good. say she looks like her. I look at it. I'm like, not really. Something about her eyebrows being kind of the same. It's like, dude, their eyebrows. Like, there's not that many configurations of eyebrows all the time. Katy Perry's also six years older than John Bonet, so that kind of ruins that too. Another good conspiracy is that John Bonet was taken by the aliens. Aliens always got to come up. That's a it's classic. It feels Stupid. like you could have passed it on this one, though, you know? What's that? Like, you could have got away with not saying aliens for this one. Like, we're all, we all know for a fact, aliens did not do this one. 
Yeah, for sure. But it's it's one that some people still like yell off the top of the roofs, which I find fun. Just John claiming it's aliens. It gets every conspiracy theory. That's why I got to mention it. Like aliens, satanic ritual, a term for a brotherhood term for the devil is John Bet. So they knew she was like, they're always been a satanical. They called her John Benet because it's, it's like short for Satan. You know what I mean? Mm. And uh, a few more hours on the internet, and it's a Jewish <laughs> thing. Somehow Probably. the Jews are involved. They're in the comment section, always ends up that the Jews did it for sure. Yep. There's another one. There's satanic pedophile groups. It's always mentioned. You always hear those satanic pedophiles. Of course. Uh, well, here's the thing. Uh, yeah, highly likely that it's a is a pedophile ring around the corner. Highly unlikely that they're satanic. They're almost always Christian. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, another good one that I saw, and I didn't really want to dig too deep into it because it would have—it's too funny. But uh, her death is connected to 9/11 because mm. her dad refused to help the terrorists build the machines or computers that they needed to take down 9/11 planes. Man, uh, uh, yeah, but people... sorry. If you're like, if there's something hanging over him, they wouldn't kill the daughter. They would just like threaten to kill a daughter. I don't like I, just to, done that. Like in retribution. I feel like yeah. terrorists just like would blow the whole thing out. You know, like okay, so maybe maybe they killed her as payment for him to do nine eleven. So he wanted mm-hmm. her dead, but he he was too much of a coward to. But that could, that doesn't have to be terrorists. That could be aliens. Aliens mm. could be like, hey, do nine eleven. And we'll kill your That's daughter for you. Look, we've hit 9 is part of these conspiracies now. This is how great this is. Yeah, but 9-11 is more likely than the alien one. <laughs> yeah, That's the crazy part. In this situation, this, yeah, could be, right. this is closer to 9-11. We really are inching closer to anti-Semitism. Wait, what year did this happen? 1996. How the fuck is 9-11 coming into play? Because they, they had to wait three years to get a, someone who programmed them to make the flight simulators, man. They pay, They His payment was in advance? They killed her in advance? No, so, they didn't pay, No, he, he couldn't didn't get a job it. afterwards. That wouldn't have worked out. He refused them, man. I'm not going to do your terrorist activities. Ah, 9-11. 9-11 is now <laughs> right below aliens. I didn't, I didn't put together that this was... Like five years apart. <laughs> yeah, dude. If that were the case, you know how quickly he would be like, "I'm an American hero. I denied the terrorists and lost my daughter for it." There's no way that one's real. He wouldn't shut the fuck up about that. That is true. There's Hillary Clinton is part of this for some reason at some of course. point. So we are. I. You got to stop. The next one's for sure anti-Semitic. There's no, <laughs> no way. The next one's my favorite one. Nine Eleven. Then Hillary Clinton. The only thing we skipped was flat Earth. <laughs> no, yeah. The only one. This is one that some people legitimately think and i'm not even kidding when i say this some people it was legitimately you. think that she was killed by a wolf like she was out playing and a wolf, uh, and a wolf tied her up and, and, yeah, her and, and strangled her. her and the parents freak out and hide the body because they're scared people are going to be mad that they didn't protect her from wolves <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. Yeah, that one. That's this isn't the one that relates to Hillary Clinton, right? No, no. That that one, like, here's the thing. If there's a Hillary Clinton is a werewolf theory, that rips. I'm absolutely on board. And it's it makes me it's another reason I'm mad that Trump won. You're telling me we could have the first woman and werewolf president? That's true. Yeah, we could have that would have fucking rocked. That would have fucking been wild. 
Anyway, so those are really the, there's probably a million more conspiracies. There's just, I did a cursory search and I was laughing at them. So like I said, breaks into two categories, real categories that people strongly like law enforcement, people believe both sides of this. So one of them is that there's an intruder that broke into their house. Wait, why did that come after Hillary Clinton? Because we're doing real theories now. The first one. Oh, oh, oh. I thought you were still going down. No, we're getting the conspiracy theories out of the way. There's so many. These are, there's what we've made up. I mean, a lot of the weird ones that we come up, I just make them up for fun and then just say them, right? This, those are what people are saying. Not me, man. I I didn't even make up any of those, which is fun. Hey guys, the domain name Hillary Clinton is a werewolf.com is uh, (laughs) available. Uh, if you get it off of Namecheap, I think I have a sixty percent off coupon that they just sent. Yeah, me. that's what I'm on. I'm on I buy Namecheap. way, I buy way too many domain names. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For a long time, I had uh, definitely not childporn.com, and uh, I let that one lapse. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to honeypot some fucking weird, creepy pedos or what? Yeah, I just thought it'd be really funny to name a website that. Uh, I was gonna. <laughs> the FBI did not find it as funny. They didn't take it away. I just stopped paying for it. I'm sure they were monitoring for a while. <laughs> what do you think they'll monitor more? Definitely not childporn.com or Hillary Clinton is a werewolf.com. <laughs> you could definitely get sued just for Hillary Clinton is a werewolf.com, right? That could, I don't know. That's like a they, slander. Well, I guess she'd have to prove that she's not. Well, yeah, yeah that's true. And, and then that's worth like, it in itself. It's worth it. <laughs> she just shoots herself with a silver bullet. I don't know what. I don't know what would it, what would happen. But... Buy it. Buy it. I'll throw. I'll hold, throw in. I'll throw in. Hold on, though. I have. I have to say that this is not. I'm not trying to like libel anybody. I'm. This is a. This is in the pros list of Hillary Clinton for me. Uh, <laughs> It's a compliment. I'm, this is a compliment. Yeah, this is firmly on. I am. I am on the side of this. I am. I am a champion of the Hillary Clinton as a werewolf movement. I'm not. Certainly not trying to detract from from her her status. She goes from Hillary Clinton to Harley Clinton. That uh, didn't work as well as it worked in my head. <laughs> no, 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 but I appreciated it. In my head, in my head, that was like a direct one to one joke. And then I say it out loud, and I'm like, those letters didn't really work. Harley Harley Clinton is funny. Yeah, Harley, that, that works. Harley. <laughs> All right, so let's just talk about the intruders, which I kind of tried to leave open for that, but it really sounds like John did it. So let's talk about intruders first, then we'll talk about family, because uh, I like to end on what I believe is the case, personally. So here's some theories about the intruders. Lou Smith, and we talked about in the last episode, he's the retired detective that came out of retirement to help solve the case. Uh, he investigated the John Bonet case from March 1997 until September 1998. The evidence indicated to him that an intruder likely broke in, raped and killed the young girl, and got away with it, mainly because of the sexual assault. Even though there was no semen ever found, he just there was, she was sexually assaulted. There's no way a parent could ever sexually assault their kid, so it must be an intruder. That was his guiding light to this whole thing. That makes sense. It was a vaginal abrasion, he said, which could have been the form of anything. We will talk about that later in the family did it theories. Someone who must have come into the house, lied in wait for them to get home and go to bed, rape and kill John Benet, write a note and leave it before anyone heard anything. So that's what he like overarching theory is uh, that never call back or come back for ransom or anything like that. I don't know. It sounds fucking wild to me. But during that time, you could go on like the sex offender registry. There were 38 registered sex offenders in the rich Ramsey neighborhood. It's not like it's impossible for there to be child predators in where they live because they were an affluent part of 
not to mention that she was in like beauty contests for little children. So that'll attract a fucking predator or two, in my opinion. This is what Smith believes. So let's talk about who could have done that. So there's a bunch of these different people that have come up over the years. So the first guy, his name is Gary Oliva. Gary Howard Oliva was a known 32-year-old pedophilic sex offender that lived in Boulder at the time. He was charged with two counts of sexual exploitation of a child in 2016. Oliva had been living nearby the Ramses during the time of the John Bonet case. During one arrest in 2000, police found a magazine cutout of John Bonet in his belongings. This troubled police because of like the sexual assault. Because it was it was last month's issue. Yeah. <laughs> they were concerned. <laughs> The Ramses, like I said, hired uh, private detectives and lawyers and stuff. One of the private detectives, his name was Ollie Gray. He heard about the arrest and went to the media criticizing the Boulder police for not considering him a suspect. Like, instantaneously. Let's throw some sh- fucking smoke in the water on this one. Wait, you said he went to the police and he was mad that he wasn't a suspect? The private detective went to the media and said, oh, criticizing oh, oh, the police okay, for okay. not investigating Gary Oliva because... In 2000, they found the picture of John Bonet in his backpack. One of Oliva's childhood friends, Michael Vale, is the guy. Uh, he came forward after seeing Oliva in the news, claiming that Oliva would have been actually a good suspect for this murder. He said that not long after the murder, Oliva had called him out of the blue, claiming that he had hurt a little girl. No names. Uh, he didn't say, like, I hurt John Bonet Ramsey, but he said he hurt a little girl. Vale said that when he saw the way the garrote was tied around John Bonet's neck on the news, it reminded of him of the time Oliva had attacked his mother and tried to strangle her with a telephone cord. During that 2000 ICA drug arrest, Oliva also had a stun gun in his possession. The same thing that was suspected to be being used on John Bonet because of those two, there's four abrasions, two, two pairs of abrasions. I don't know if you guys remember that, Honor. Lou Smith says that was a, a stun gun. So Oliva had a stun gun. He had a picture of her. He was a known pedophile and he told some other girl or one of his friends that he'd hurt a little girl. He was cleared as a suspect for the murder of John Bonet in 2008 after DNA testing. But like I said, with that touch DNA, it doesn't, I don't think the DNA really helps this case. It's not like a fucking huge amount of DNA, like blood everywhere or something like that. Gary Oliva is currently at the Lion correctional facility in colorado serving out his 10-year sentence he's in jail right now any thoughts on oliva all we have to go off of is like as true evidence is the the picture in the backpack which isn't it's just circumstantial he's a pedophile like of course he's gonna take yeah. the world's most famous beauty girl i feel like that's not a stretch for a pedophile to have in his backpack if we want to blame him for having it in the backpack let's just flat out arrest both of the parents for putting her in that situation that's true. Feels feels fair. Put yeah. them all in the same cell. I I don't I don't like Oliva as a suspect either. Like you're right. Like there's way more evidence for fucking John and Patsy Ramsey. Anyways, there's another one. Another guy that they think it could be is a guy named Michael Helgoth. Michael Helgoth was 26 year old when John Bonet was murdered. Ollie Gray also thought that he was a good suspect. Uh, his motive though was a property dispute with the Ramseys. So, like, he was mad about, like, fucking fence being put up or some stupid shit. So, you know, you just go kill a fucking little kid because of that. You know, I'd property dispute with this guy. I'm going to kill this little kid. That seems like a great suspect. 
what makes him really suspicious to me in a way, like it's, I don't really believe it's this guy, but there is a suspicion. Two days after the 1997 press conference where the Boulder police claimed to be zeroing on a, in on a new suspect, he commits suicide. Does that mean like he got nervous because the, the police said that on the news or is it coincidence? I'm going to go with he's probably just a troubled young man and he's a fucking coincidence. But he was also cleared because of the DNA. But he's a guy people have thrown out there, Michael Helgoth. What do you think of him? Like, I literally think it's a terrible suspect, personally. You guys are in agreement. <laughs> uh, Rick, Rick, if you're curious, HarrellyClinton.com is available. Yeah, but I feel like if you have to explain the domain name, it's going to be really tough to get people there. I don't know. HarrellyClinton.hair also is available, which is pretty fucking sick. <laughs> kind of works out. All right. The next one's a disgusting one. And I'm sorry. It's a suspect named John Marcar. John Marcar is a former school teacher who confessed to killing John Bonet in 2006. Um, 10 years after John Bonet had already been dead. But he made an international headlines when he did it. His confession is very graphic and sexual in nature, which is disgusting. He was actually living on the lamb in Thailand, running from child abuse material charges he already had in the U.S. when he claimed he killed her. He heard about a University of Colorado Boulder professor named Michael Tracy, who was making a documentary about the case. So Carr reached out to Tracy through email. And the more emails Tracy got from Carr, the more disturbing they got, culminating in the revelation that Carr had a sexual fascination with John Bonet. Tracy reported Carr to the police, who arrested him and flew him immediately to Boulder for questioning. Most of his story didn't match the evidence though uh, he wasn't even in boulder at the time of the murder which first thing he actually had some diary entries supposedly from the night of the crime like a weird fan fiction of if he did it because i don't think he did it but i'm not gonna get into full details of what this fucking creepo was saying but i will say that he claims the strangling was a love game quote gone wrong and throughout the entire thing he refers to himself as Daxis. Daxis gonna choke you, baby. Ugh. He's also cleared after his DNA didn't match. By the end of it, everyone just wrote off Carr as just some nutbag pedo looking for notoriety. According to the Daily Beast, Carr is living with a new identity right now as a female named Delilah Alexis Reich in the Pacific Northwest somewhere. So thanks, Daily Beast, for giving me that little piece of fucking info. Didn't really need nice. it, but they actually put that in there, but no one cares. So if you're looking for Delilah, Delilah, or sorry, it's Delia. Oh, I know someone with that name. They're horrible. Yeah. If anybody, if Delia Carr, you want to go kill yourself, that'd be awesome. Whoa. He's a convicted child molester. They can die. I'm sure there's more than one person with that name. Feels, feels risky. Talking about this guy specifically. All right. Another theory about intruders, a guy named Chris Wolf. He was named by the Ramses in their book, Death of Innocence. He was actually a local Boulder reporter that, by claim of his girlfriend, Jacqueline Dilson, was out all night on Christmas night, that 1996. And when he returned home, he was covered in dirt. And there's reports that Wolf was quite agitated to see the news of the murder. Uh, Wolf also possessed a sweatshirt with the acronym SBTC. The shirt stood for Santa Barbara Tennis Club. So that's what they're thinking the SBTC comes from at the end of the ransom note. But he, like, even if you're like, let's pretend you just killed a little girl 
and they're writing a ransom note. When you look down at your fucking tennis club shirt and like sign that on the note, and I think that's pretty wild. Dilson also said that Wolf's handwriting looked similar to that on the ransom note, and the handwriting expert Lloyd Cunningham couldn't discount him. So a couple people said, yeah, it might be his writing, I guess. Uh, he was looked into and even volunteered statements as well as hair and handwriting samples, but never didn't cooperate with the police and they nothing ever came of him as a suspect. But it kind of makes you think like the reason I even put him in is because with uh, Jack the Ripper, you know how they say the Ripper letters are just put in by the press. So like maybe this guy did write a fucking weird note or something. I don't know. It just seems too weird. It's too, too close. If it was like three days later and it came in the mail or something, I would agree that maybe this guy wrote a thing just to get more press on this case so he could make more money off of articles but it's the day of i don't really think he's Ooh, is hillary clinton got that dog in her available <laughs> i bet it is all right another uh ex person from an intruder is a guy named todd fuss todd fuss's imprisoned wife bernie's johnson turned him in so let's just start there she just came out from jail and said my husband did it she said that their kid was in some of the same pageants as John Bonet, and she claims that he had claimed he was going to come home into a lot of money just before the murder of John Bonet. So he was like, "Don't worry, baby, I got a big score coming up." Like that old thing, uh, and even put a down payment on a truck he couldn't afford. So some people think Fuss was a pedo because he used to look at the girls while bringing in his own girl, who's named Cinnamon, by the way. I don't know if that's okay to name your kid. Uh, after a spice but people do that shit i guess uh, but when they brought her kid cinnamon into these beauty pageants they all said that he was like staring at the other girls then he always used to tell the other parents like i can break into any door wanted to prove it and he'd like pick blocks <laughs> like which is fucking weird too i love that yeah it just hurts my brain some of these like some of these circumstantial dudes never he was never actually a pedal like no one ever caught him being a pedophile he went to jail I like you know what I mean? But they just say that because they didn't like how he said he could break in any lock. It's just, well, I mean, that's the thing. Like you, you can't like go around, like having people notice you looking at kids and then talking about how good you are breaking into shit without It's the same way. You can't walk around with John Ramsey's face and expect to not be called a pedophile. No, <laughs> the window was already broken. So he's clear. He's so good at breaking into places. He wouldn't need to crawl into the broken window he would wait for the window to be fixed so there's a challenge right yeah that's what i was gonna say that's what's funny is even if the window is broken he'd go oh ha and then go to the door anyways to try and pick the lock yeah <laughs> the whole thing about the sorry i didn't maybe mention this part the whole thing about the intruder thing is the reason the suitcase is by that window is because they're gonna put john benet's body in the suitcase and throw her out the window but he couldn't lift it up that high or whatever. Whoever the intruder was just ended up abandoning mission and just leaving the suitcase there. There was never anybody going in and out through the window. They think that somebody was waiting for them inside the house. Like it wasn't this weird sneak in. It was like they got in when they weren't home. I don't know what their house looks like. And I feel like if I did see it, I would maybe understand a little bit better, but I know living in my house, there is no fucking way someone could be hiding here for any amount of time without me noticing i don't care where they were trying to hide i am way too anxious for that to go unnoticed right? uh, i could have somebody here for quite a bit i think without me realizing if yeah, they're if they are like listening totally totally plausible i just can't fucking like fathom it like i've heard 
noises in the house and before i was on medicine i walked around with a knife for like a half hour because i thought it was somebody there could be there could be a killer screaming in the room next to me and i'd be like i really don't feel like getting up right now though <laughs> i'm what i'm saying is they have a nearly ten thousand square foot house that's not even including the basement square footage yeah that's fucking huge it's gigantic it's a fucking mansion like you could how many uh, thousand square feet ten thousand yeah, yeah, that's pretty big. That that's um, fucking that's massive. That's fucking gigantic. Yeah, it's a super huge mansion. It was like yeah, one of the like I said, it, Patsy used to have people over on tours of houses. Like they had the biggest, craziest house in Boulder. You know, hmm. I'm yeah. I I mean, in my house, there is a chance. Like Richard, you could pop out and be like, I've been here the whole time, and I've been like, I never knew, and it would not surprise me. You could pop out of the door at any moment. Oh, people could hide in my house too. I wouldn't know. Like, so there's areas where you could just tuck behind and just wait there. Not as I feel like you could have a whole fucking. No, I saw those. Yeah, I took note. A ten thousand square foot house. There's a whole room people don't go into for months at a time. You know what I mean? Like, especially when it's only four people. I guess. I guess. It, I guess. I just have a shitty tiny house. Uh, thanks, guys. <laughs> You have no, you got one room full house. filled with plants. You're telling me somebody couldn't just bury themselves in like the vines and stay hidden behind it? Plausible, but I just honestly, the only place somebody could hide would be in my terrifying basement, and there's no way they would be able to withstand all the guard spiders. So that's part of it too. Is like they say someone's either hiding in wait, or they had a key, which is would be our next suspect, which is a lady named Linda Hoffman Pugh, which is John Ramsey in a wig. <laughs> Now it was her, it was their housekeeper. She was one of the first people Patsy told the police to look into because she had a key later on. Yes. Because they needed a scapegoat. But at first they're just like, I don't know. Fucking Patsy has a key. Why don't you look into her? What was her name? Her name is Linda Hoffman Pugh. White lady or not? I don't know. Good question. Well, she's white. It's Boulder. Patsy. Oh, the other reason she said that it might be her is because uh, Pugh was having money problems. Uh, and the reason they think she was having money problems, she asked for an advance on her paycheck of $2,000. So I, I didn't get my $2,000. She must have killed my daughter for 118 Just to side note, her husband is named Mervyn, uh, Linda's husband, Mervyn Pugh. And he used to come by the Ramsey's house to help with his wife from time to time as well. So police went to question Pugh at her home on the 26th. And police took fingerprints and hair samples as well as made her write on a piece of paper uh, a good portion of the ransom note, uh, one hundred eighteen thousand. Oh my god! And then they lived in the basement. It's fucking parasite, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <It's> the... <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> they just kept more and more people just kept entering the house. She uh, later goes to testify against Patsy at the grand jury hearing for over eight hours. She accused Patsy of having multiple personalities, like kind of wild stuff. So, like the theory at the Hoffman Pew is that she led a trusting John Benet down into the basement that night so she could trick her parents into giving her money. So she would have been familiar with the twisty turny house. So navigating the basement was no big deal. Literally the worst theory. She needs $2,000 and she kills a little girl. Why not actually just like kidnap the girl? The girl would have known enough to just go with you. She wouldn't have been scared of you. It would have been easy. Hoffman Pugh just ends up being a convenient suspect because she has no real alibi as she was supposedly asleep in her bed by herself while her husband Mervin slept on the couch. Literally nothing more than that. Yeah. So she, he was discounted her. She did actually give a lot of interviews to newspapers and 
tabloids and shit like that. So she is kind of shading away. Like she came to, I forget what it was. I think it was her police interview in a limo and got out the back seat and went inside and fucking gave her police interview. Like, anyways, she's getting money hand over fist. She exploited the shit out of that death. Anyway, Bill McReynolds is the last, I think, suspect. That's an intruder that I have. Bill McReynolds is the Santa Bill. Uh, it's the only reason I didn't wear a Santa suit for any of this. The most suspected intruder theory suspect. Like I said, he was the Santa Claus. The, he was like the town Santa Claus. He didn't just do like the Ramsey's house around Christmas. He would just go around all over the place being Santa uh, for parties. And old men who dress like Santa Claus are just great fodder for pedo conspiracies too. So keep that in mind. Bill McReynolds and his wife Janet lived in Boulder for 30 years as he was a journalism teacher at the University of Colorado. When he retired, he would get in a Santa outfit and play the role at many different Christmas parties put on by his friends and family. During the week before Christmas, McReynolds dressed up like Santa for a Christmas party put on by Patsy, the one where the 911 call was called and then everyone said, don't worry about it. Apparently, McReynolds took a liking to John Bonet. He did say some creepy shit about John Bonet later in his life, but after hers. So he said, I felt really close to that girl. I really don't have other children that I have this special relationship with. Not even my own children or grandchildren. Which is creepy to say about a random girl that you Santa Claus once a year or two, maybe two times a year. I agree with that. Uh, he also called her his special friend, which is another disgusting quote from that guy. Uh, John Bonet loved that Santa loved her, and she gave him a vial of glitter, which she called Stardust. She said, here, Santa, have a vial of Stardust. When he had gone into heart surgery earlier that year in August, he had brought the glitter with him as a good luck charm. So that's a little creepy. When he died in 2002, one of his final wishes was that he, his wife mixed the stardust with his ashes, which she did. Mixing the glitter and the ashes got the attention of the Denver Post. And then they started talking about how he could be a possible intruder and murderer of John Bonet. They just started doing a little bit of research into this guy. Let's just say right off the top, all it was is that he actually loved that little girl and he was a little bit weird, but he just loved being Santa Claus because I don't think this guy did, but maybe we'll talk about him. So No, it doesn't it doesn't scream. Yeah, no. There's a couple of things that point in this direction. That's, I can see why people would say this guy might be the guy that did it. The fact that he just had heart surgery in August and it was now December makes me not think he did any of this that's where it like ends it for me like the guy was still probably recovering what if he was doing that like that like you what so take the the sat satanist theory take the santa theory and this guy was like putting young blood into him because he just had this heart surgery and needed that's to true. like rejuvenate himself he's a santaist i see what <laughs> nice. you're saying i see what you're saying <laughs> Santanic cult. <laughs> so here's here's a wild fact about McReynolds. In 1974, he had a daughter who was abducted and sexually assaulted on December 26th, the exact same day as John Bonet, except for 22 years later. Bill's wife Janet was a playwright who, in 1978, staged her original play entitled "Hey Rube." which was a fictionalized take on a 1966 Indianapolis killing. The 16-year-old antagonist is bound, raped, and murdered in a basement. Weird. And the abduction of his daughter, 
weird. Who made that play? Bill McReynolds' wife. Um, in what year? 1978. Two years after her daughter was abducted on Christmas Eve. She ended up getting away. That's a bit of a bold and audacious play to make in 1978. Agreed. Bold and audacious for like a woman to think she's going to break through in the playwright business of 1978 just to begin with never mind the source material you know what I mean? never mind the yeah material. so what if they just what if they were just reenacting this play that's what a lot of people say maybe they're well, like everyone that was there was just like reenacting this fucking play so you're saying this whole like this like dinner party was a play reenacted that's why that's why like, that, if you go all the way back oopsie. to the weird ransom note it sounded like a murder mystery party about to start like <laughs> so you think the ransom note was like the note that you get at the beginning of the mystery party yeah 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 and they were like reenacting it but they accidentally like tied her up too tight and killed her not on purpose not on purpose but like basically everyone there was complicit so they were all like sure we'll all sit here and wait for the police to come hey man it's honestly it's something to throw in the fucking pit of Oh, well, it's not that eleven. So, but, but that gives you a that gives you a name to go with your theory, right? Which would be Bill McReynolds, because he would be the one who sounds like maybe his wife wrote this whole script out, which it's kind of weird. I uh, I don't like this guy. I don't like him. For yeah, I'm gonna call it the Charlie McDennis theory because it's kind of like they played that Charlie McDennis game and she ended up dead. So that feels sure. the most okay. Okay, <laughs> sounds good to me. So we have one more guy. I, if there's an intruder, it's probably some fucking pedophile from the pageant scene, in my opinion. Guy that looks good is a guy named Randall Dwight Simmons. Now, he was a child pageant photographer who took pictures of John Bonet in 1995. Ugh. 2019, this 66-year-old was picked up by the police for child abuse material and charged. So in 1998, less than two years after John Bonet was murdered, he was arrested for running around naked. And one of the first things he said to the police was that he didn't murder John Bonet. So cops arrested him for running around naked. He's like, I didn't kill John Bonet. Like, that's suspicious. I don't know. I think it's always it's always good to just put it out there, you know. I guess so. Just no, like I didn't either. You know? Yeah, if you were at it like a reputation of being a thief and then you're like running away with a bunch of stolen goods or maybe not stolen goods. Let's just say you're just running around naked and then the cops stop you and you're like, I didn't rob that store. Like maybe that they would think you robbed the store after that. You know what I mean? Like you didn't have to say that you're getting arrested for being naked <laughs> anyways. So yeah, that's, it's just one of the guys. There's so many of the creeps from the pageant thing, but that's just one of the guys that he took pictures of little girls. So I put him in there and he also yelled, I didn't kill John Bonet. All right, so someone in the family, let's just move on to that. I know you guys are really anticipating John, but I think all three of these people might have sway you a bit in each different way. So someone in the family makes a lot of sense, except the ways that it doesn't make sense, okay? Like having to simulate sexual assault with a broken paintbrush to like cover it up, because that's what they think. If it's someone in the family, they didn't actually rape her, but they put the paintbrush in her to like make it look like she was raped so it would take away from them i think that's pretty fucking hardcore to do to your kid i don't i i, I think it's hardcore to do to anyone like you'd have to be pretty fucking stone cold to do that am i right like, i mean if they already killed her uh, i don't know yes but like even then like you're just fidgeting with the dead body after i don't know maybe like maybe maybe 
Intruder theory states that the intruder broke into the home through the broken window downstairs, lied wait until Ramsey got home, abducted the murdered little girl. The window had spider webs, so that doesn't make sense. So this makes it unlikely that anyone would broken into the house from the basement window. It's either that or the intruder had a key, both of which seem unlikely. If it was someone inside the house, it could only be one of three other members of the John Bonet family. Here's each member and how they could have committed the crime. So Patsy Ramsey is number one I have here. A lot of people still think Patsy ha- is involved in the murder of John Bonet. The theory here is that Patsy freaked out and killed her daughter after she wet her bed. She'd been peeing the bed for years and had recently kicked the habit. So there's a story where John Bonet actually shit the bed at one point. Nice. The grandma, the grandma described it. It was the size of a grapefruit. So thanks, Graham, for throwing your granddaughter under the bus like that. No one wants to hear that story. Even later. That's not even a cute one when you're like 30. Your mom goes, remember when you shit your bed when you were six? You're like, God, I hate you, mom. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, stop telling that story. Now she's murdered. Just don't tell that story. Yeah, it just would be a weird reason after all that time to kill yeah, your so, daughter. I don't know. So Patsy had been putting pull-ups on JonBenet, and she's just, like, sick of having to do it. While investigating the house, the detectives noticed a case of pull-ups half hanging out of the closet as if someone had angrily grabbed one out of its packaging. They also found a balled-up red turtleneck in the bathroom. In Patsy's original statement, John Bonet had been wearing the clothes she was found in when she was murdered when she went to bed. In the second interview, they say that she was carried up to bed because she was fell asleep in the car. So if this is true, John Bonet would have been wearing the clothes she went to the party in, which was matched her mom, which was a red turtleneck, which probably was weird too, like making your kid dress up like he was fucking weird. And the same thing the mom was wearing the next morning when she said she changed back into her clothes from the night before. The theory goes that JonBenet woke up after peeing her bed. She woke up her mother, Patsy. In a fit of rage, Patsy slams JonBenet's head into something very hard, like a tub or something like that. The vaginal wounds could have come from not the, the paintbrush, like they say, but her just wiping JonBenet in a fit of anger, like just going too hard, making vaginal abrasions. Then Patsy tries to cover it up panicking she first she brings the body down to the basement then she goes to clean up whatever mess was at the scene of the murder then she goes back down to think of a way to get rid of the body maybe she sees that john benet still barely alive then she goes into her art supplies grabs a piece of rope and a broken paintbrush to finish the little john benet off then she decides she's going to make it look like someone had come in and done this so she ties up john benet's arms above her head She knots the rope, not tight enough for a living, squirming child because they're kind of loosely on there. There's no evidence of struggle from John Bonet in the autopsy. Then she covers her mouth with duct tape. The duct tape only had lip impressions, no struggling to get that off, like tongue pushing or anything like that. So that could have been done post-mortem as well. Rapes her with a paintbrush. Then she goes upstairs to write the ransom note. Uh, The note isn't good, so she rips it off, tries it again. The ransom note had ransom note cliches and some lines were reminiscent of the ransom notes in the movie ransom which had recently just come out that's the one she goes with then she looks at her watch and realizes that everyone's about to be awake soon and they have a 9 30 flight to michigan so she goes upstairs pretends she just found the note and calls 911, forgetting that people would notice that she was still wearing the clothes from the night before john wasn't aware but when he was left alone in the house uh, for that hour when he's looking through his mail and stuff he goes in the basement long enough to find the body on his initial search. When he finds the body, he realizes instantly that Patsy was the murderer. 
the writing must have looked like hers to him or something. He must have been like, this is Patsy's writing. So at this point, he has a choice. Do I rat out my wife or do I cover for her? Like if I cover for it, there's got to be an explanation. So nah, I'm sorry. If you're if you're as loaded as this guy was, and you and your you're at this point where your wife kills your daughter, you rat her out. You just rat her out immediately. Yeah, but that not everyone's fucking like you. Uh, like some people might. No, I'm telling you, this guy though, I, he fits the profile. Of just being like, mm, fuck my wife. I I agree. I don't think it's Patsy. I really don't. But so at this point, he's got a choice. Rat out his wife. Uh, maybe just I got to talk to Patsy. Maybe there's an explanation for this. I can't just throw under the bus right there. So John doesn't say anything at the 11 o'clock when he goes downstairs to check the first time. And when Art gets him, him and Fleet to go check the house at around one, he beelines it to the basement. That's what they say. He goes straight for that room and he finds his dead daughter. Then the straight, then he like decides, like, okay, okay, if I find her in the basement, then Patsy's out. There's already a ransom note. The straight can be over and I don't have to rattle my wife. He just needs to hire lawyers. So then he just calls the lawyer and he protects her from then on. There is a lot of evidence that Patsy did it. Okay. I'll tell you right now. So first of all, the ransom note, six different handwriting experts were consulted during the investigation. Four of them hired by the state, two of them by the Ramses. There's a one in five scale that these experts go by high chance of it being her would be a one and a five would be like, there's no way she wrote this. Uh, Patsy was the only one that's inconclusive out of all the handwriting samples they took. John was excluded as a person who could have written the document. I do want to note there's like so many other people giving handwriting samples. So many people, so many suspects, hundreds. They've all been excluded. The only one who's ever been close was Patsy. Uh, she scored anywhere between a four and a five, which is low on the scale, but it's still higher than everybody else. Um, just means it's unlikely here, but... Handwriting analysis is fucking horseshit anyway. Over the years since the investigation, there's been three more people that did handwriting analysis. And since the original six during the investigation, one hired by police who investigated the murder and two for recent documentaries. All three of these new three people, more recent ones, say it is likely Patsy wrote the note. But like I said, handwriting is bullshit I find anyway. They can just change it to whatever they're suiting. Like obviously the people for the documentary want to make it look like it's fucking patsy so but the note in itself is written in a way patsy would write she used the word hence all the time the word hence is in there in her writing she used to use acronyms she always used to be like pr and then you know i don't know what she was she was a bachelor of ba journalism she'd write that shit under like she'd do all sorts of acronyms apparently so, and she would also write to her friends in acronyms in a way that only her and her girlfriends would instantly understand. So like secret acronyms that only like, if she wrote to her friends, you could read it and go like, what the fuck does that mean? But they would all know kind of thing. Uh, there were fibers on the duct tape that was covering John Bonet's mouth that matched the red turtleneck that Patsy had been wearing at the morning. The police showed up and the night before the party, the Ramses did many interviews over the years, not to mention how they were plastered in the media. The media made it sound like she was the cause of her daughter's death. even if it wasn't her killing John Bonet herself. So like the media said, like it's her fault, even if she didn't actually like choke her out. Uh, they criticized her for putting her daughter at risk with the pedos by sexualizing her in pageants. After years of doing interviews and media scrutiny, Patsy always sounded defensive when speaking to the media. She argued with a guest on Larry King live once. So here's a clip of Patsy just arguing with a guy named Steve Thomas. I don't know. This doesn't help you not look guilty. That's all I'm saying with this one. Uh, it's harmless. 
deeply. He's uh, uh, failed in his responsibilities as a police officer. He's failed us. He's failed John Bonet. He's failed the computer, the community in Boulder. Uh, it's not pleasant. No. But I, I still haven't heard the theory yet. I totally well, agree it, that it whoever is. whoever wrote this ransom note killed our daughter. Yes, I concur wholeheartedly. Now, he believes you now let us hear what I want to hear is how is it exactly that you think that I killed my daughter? I just cannot understand that. I want to hear it from start to finish. I think there was a toileting issue that night that has been dismissed and underplayed. Okay, totally a, a bedwetting or a toileting issue. That uh, caused Patsy to get mad at her daughter. Absolutely. And say, slap her or hit her or... I don't know. I'm suggesting that there was an explosive encounter because Patsy at one point uh, put the child in clothes, a red turtleneck, for example, not the same uh, clothing she was found in deceased. Uh, the following day, I think something happened in that bathroom. Steve Thomas's theory is based on and I'm gonna answer is no. that our child wet her bed and we swallowed her. And that is so preposterous. You weren't there, John. You can't. No. I was there. I know Patsy. I've lived with her for 20 years. I know that she loved that child more than anything in the world. I would have given my life for John Monet. Patsy would have given her life for John Monet. Patsy, you could have been arrested in this case. I wish you, you I could, had been, and then we would have had a free and fair trial, and you would have met your waterway, Mr. Thomas. She just looks like she's hammered and fucked up. Like, yeah, dude, the way like her head moves and stuff, I'm convinced she's just a puppet, and John Ramsey is like this, like upside, like up inside of her, and using her as like a. <laughs> I don't know, though. I agree. It is crazy to think that wetting the bed or even shitting the bed would cause like i i don't know i, I mean oh, i guess dude, anything can make you snap nah, but like kids get killed for way less it's wild um but oh that's true i did did you see that that guy who got who went to court for punching his kid because it was like he took a bite he took a bite of his pizza or some shit yep yeah there's some huge yeah. pieces of shit out there I think what's really proves to me that they had something to do with it is that they're on television arguing with a guy accusing them of murdering their children and 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 they didn't stab him in the face. They're just entertaining the argument. That's true. Just like maybe that's what she's doing though. That's basically her way of being like, I can't stab you on TV, I'll go to jail. So I'm just gonna call you a moron. Right. You wouldn't even if I was guilty or innocent, you I wouldn't do any of that. But people people only do that shit like on talk shows and stuff because they're attention whores. They're trying to like pimp themselves for something or other. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like what they do on like the Fox. Like I know so many comedians who have been on Fox Red Eye, whether or not like they like agree with like anything on Fox News, they'll go on Red Eye and be pieces of shit just because it's a quick TV credit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's what the fucking Ramseys are doing in that. Video. Like why are you? Why are you entertaining all of this television attention instead of just being upset that your kid is dead? Like, yeah. it's very, very strange. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's someone in the family for sure. So Patsy, yeah, this is Patsy's turn for her. And I agree with what you said, Rick. It's, it's pretty extreme to kill someone for peeing the bed or shitting their bed or whatever. But I don't – I if it's Patsy, which I'll entertain for a couple seconds – I don't think it was like she peed the bed and like slammed her head up again. I think like she peed her bed. She was yelling at the kid or something and she slipped and smashed her head. And Patsy made a bunch of shitty decisions. If it's her not like, 
any type of anger, maybe you're just like not any type of like physical vile, like pusher. You know, people in the heat of the moment, that's when you see like the true colors of people that could have just been a heat of the moment. And you just like, I'm going to, I can't lose my perfect life by accidentally killing my daughter. So I'm just going to cover it up and I'm rich. Like, I don't know. I, I don't agree with it. I'm just saying it doesn't have to be a violent act for it to have been a murder. And then someone being stupid about it after, you know what I think guys, <laughs> Hillary's a werewolf and John did it. Yes. Those, those things as well. But I think, I think everyone killed her. <laughs> I really you know I mean? do think like, like everybody like, at the party. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone gets to do it. The end. All right. We got two more. Here's you guys like the John Ramsey one. I don't actually. Boulder seems that he had something to do with it. Linda Arndt says that John was acting weird from the moment she got there. She said he looked through his mail while tension filled day was happening. She said he was cordial, which I found fun. After the caller didn't call by 10, Arndt said that no one even mentioned the fact that time had passed. Detective Arndt said that when she told Fleet White and John to go look around, he just went straight to that room so he knew where the body was. Uh, once he brought the body up, Arndt ordered him to put the body down. They both kneeled beside each other. And uh, yeah, we saw that little part of the clip. Detective Arndt wasn't the only one who thought John was acting weird the day of the murder. One detective on the scene said that he overheard John making flight plans to go back to Atlanta. John admits to like doing this, but he said it's going to be uh, have to get out of the house so he just wanted to go back to Atlanta where his family lived for the past 25 years uh, eventually the media started with claims that John was sexually abusing John Bonet even though there's no evidence of it John was also exonerated with the touch DNA in 2008 the John theory is just a variation of the Patsy theory like it's the exact same thing she woke up in the middle of the night they kill her or she kills her she helps write the note because he is cleared by the note so she's part of if john did it patsy was involved with it that's the only difference the patsy theory just patsy did it and john figured it out before the cops didn't protected her yeah but either way he's still involved for sure for sure for sure so just arrest them both i mean fuck it at this point they were going to also do like, it right now he he for sure would have thrown her under the bus if he knew she did it and she did do it like yeah. if she had done it he and he would have just told on her that if they got a... if they got pulled in, like if if it was like a real stake, I don't think they actually had like any risk yet. You know what I mean? Like the only time they were interviewed at the scene together, so that's not really a good way to interview people. And they were interviewed another two times separated, but by that time they already been lawyered up forever. So yeah, you I agree with you. There's never really been a good yeah. But the second you lie, like I, like you said, they're lawyered up, like. Now that they're lawyered up and they've already been lying, they can't change their story. They can't be like, all right, I lied. She did it. And then they'd be like, all right, you just said you were lying this entire time. We're That's literally what John should do now. John's still alive. He should just say Patsy did and get it over with. No, because they could still arrest him for covering it up. And they would. That's true. Well, here's the last theory. And this is the theory I believe. I believe Burke did it. Burke was the only other family member in the house when John Benet was killed. John and Patsy always maintained that Burke slept through the whole thing. John and Patsy kept the older brother out of the limelight as much as they could. He didn't really speak to anyone except for the police. And I'm sure the family lawyer about what happened that night, except in 2016 when he went on Dr. Phil and he acts really fucking weird. So here's some Dr. Phil clips of Burke Ramsey's uh... dude. His face is worse than his father's. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but again, even if the kid did it, 
The parents were involved, so arrest them both anyway. Just look at Burke and tell me he's not a fucking weirdo. Are you aware of these different theories that are out there? Theories that you killed your sister, theories that your mother killed John Bonet, and theories that an intruder killed John Bonet. Those seem to be the three camps that people talk about. Yeah, I mean, I've, I know that we were suspects. I, I didn't know they were camps, I guess. And these are people that... Why is he, like, weirdly laughing when he's saying that? Post online. The shorthand is RDI, Ramsey did it, IDI, the intruder did it, or BDI, Bert did it. Do you know the theories that they set forth in saying that your mom killed John Bonet? I don't know the details, but I know the ransom note, they think the handwriting match. Have you seen it? Have you read it? He looks like that one pinball machine guy. I don't think I've read the whole thing. I've definitely seen pictures of it, though. Did the handwriting look familiar to you at all? Had uh, you seen it ever before? No. I feel like the listen carefully is very distinct, and I've never really seen that. Hey, you see that A in carefully? That whatever you call that A, where it's like not like just a circle and a line down. It has like the little hat part to it, too. Patsy used to write with those all the time when they went and found her handwriting samples, like old ones. And then when she'd write with the police, she'd only make the one, the circle with the line beside. She would never did it again. So like, anyways, that's just part of it. But I just think I'm not going to go through a whole big Burke fucking session here. I just wanted you guys to see his face and see like, he looks like he thinks it's funny. It's fucking weird. He looks, he looks like the, the big fake head from Funhouse Pinball Machines. You ever see those? <laughs> no, I haven't, but... I'm gonna look it up. I'll, I'll let you look it up on your own. Yeah, if you just search "funhouse pinball," I think the the little head name is Rudy. Yeah, I don't know if that comes from something else. I just have seen that pinball machine before. He yeah. looks just um, like him. How old was he when she died? Nine. Oh yeah, he didn't do that. He was just traumatized for the rest of his life because all he heard his parents talking about was how they successfully got away with murdering his <laughs> sister. So yeah, I would also look like him and be constantly terrified. Yeah, he's dramatized like that because John Ramsey looked at him and went, are you going to tell anyone? <laughs> that stuck with him forever. It could be, but I, I think it explains a lot of the reasonings behind doing the certain things that happened. Small's weird. Uh, he didn't really need to do that interview either. I guess he just decided he wanted to. It was a couple years after his mom died, so maybe he thought, okay, now I can allow it to. Maybe his mom's the one who said, don't ever say anything and she died, so he thought he could do it. Um, after that interview, though, CBS airs a documentary named The Case of Jean Benet Ramsey in two parts. It re looked at the evidence through the eyes of forensic experts and former FBI agents. These guys went as far as not accusing Burke while still accusing Burke, kind of like the same way uh, Arndt did with his dad. So they look at some crime scene photos, find a green flashlight there's on a counter. They show that it could have been what gave her the giant head wound. Uh, one of the guys, which I thought was funny, says it fits to perfection, quote. If you're looking at a picture, relax. This is mixed in with the pineapple portion of the theory, which the pineapple part of the theory is that late at night, both John Bonet and Burke were up rummaging the fridge for some snacks. And then they start fighting over the last bits of pineapple that were in the fridge. And Burke strikes her with a flashlight, accidentally killing her. Burke had actually already hit Jean Bonnet with a golf club pretty hard when they were a bit younger, about a half year before that. 
he just smoked her with a golf club. Uh, he explains this on Dr. Phil that he was, it was an accident and she walked through his backswing, but like I've been an older brother and I've definitely hit my brother with objects out of anger, especially that close of age. Like, I don't know if you have close age siblings, either of you, but I did. <laughs> I definitely beat them. Uh, but she got actually had to get stitches from this fucking clubbing. And she had to get plastic surgery to save her from scars. Didn't have to. Patsy got her plastic surgery so she didn't have scars. That's how I know Patsy didn't kill her. Because I would constantly be like down on myself. Like, oh, what a, what a failed investment. You know, like I just <laughs> spent the money on that plastic surgery. Now, yeah. That's exactly now? how moms. Think so that's how I know. That's how I know she did <laughs> an investment. That's for real, though. I mean, you you're you get a little bit rough with her and you're like, I can't afford another mistake. Like, <laughs> so all right so to the to the quick and to the point d- the paintbrush thing so you want to know why that exists for burke why that explains burke right so that's not burke doing that that's the parents trying to cover it up after burke just killed her no because i nothing nothing about the paintbrush is like hmm it's not the child no yeah no he's he is nine he didn't do it what makes you think a nine-year-old can't accidentally kill their sister no 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 i'm not saying he can't talk about rj definitely RJ said okay. he didn't do it. He's being very absolute about it. And I want I'm not why. saying he can't, but how often does that fucking happen that it doesn't it's... not happen? Yeah, no. No, because if you're a parent and you figure out that your one child might have just fatally injured your other child, first thing you do is call 911. It's when you do it yourself that you start running through the thoughts of like, better protect myself. Because like, you know, the nine year old's going to be fought. Like, oh, it was an accident, nine year old, whatever. Like, even beyond that, like, what makes him so special that they would cover it up like that like what 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 makes him more favored than the other one especially with how religious they were like my son needs to be exercised like yeah i don't i mean i'm 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 of the mind that like it's not unlike parents to like cover shit up but like i just don't get what made him preferable like it seemed like she would have easily been the favorite in some way i mean like i guess like they could like be trying to save face but like it's I, I think it's easier than that. They're, they have two kids. One of them's dead now. The other one's going away to jail. They don't have any more kids. Patsy has ovarian cancer. She's not having any more kids. That's the end of them. That's, okay, that's but would she done. like actively had cancer? Like, yeah, like she literally just became cancer free to a year and a half before John Benet was, and she's never gonna have kids again. She never. Oh, she became cancer free. I thought you were saying like she was like, well, she on the she, edge of death. She was. She. They said she had stage four. She wasn't supposed to survive, and she got a bunch of treatments, and then she did survive. And her kids were just babies, and that was a year before John Benet was dead. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think I'm gonna need to to go back in time and see this little boy swing a golf club and a flashlight and see because I just don't buy. It. He's got the 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 force poundage whatever to kill a six year old, right? She was six. Yeah. Yeah. No, their heads are hard at that point, so I don't I don't buy it. I, I think it makes more sense than fucking John covering for Patsy, Patsy covering for John covering for your kid is the only thing that makes sense. Why you wouldn't call the police. It's literally the only reason you wouldn't call the police. Ah, see if my kid accidentally injures my other kid or kills them, I'm calling 911 immediately as a sheer like protection for myself. Like if your nine year old accidentally kills someone and you can show that it's an accident is going to be all right. I mean, like I, I agree with that, but 
when you're like especially a nine-year-old they're not they're probably but he felt so important he right he worked for some defense contractor he felt like probably untouchable was jet setting all over the place if if one kid accidentally kills the other kid he 100 is calling the police it's if he does it that he's like Listen, I'm too important. They'll try and make an example of me. Yeah, but if your kid kills your other kid, you don't think that's going to look bad to the... No, no, not at all. Not back then. 1996, fuck that. You just, you know, blame someone else. But why Patsy? Why would Patsy cover for John? But why Why would they... I don't know. Why would they fucking do that to her body if it was... That just... That does not track. I don't... Like, I get, like, covering up, like... Like like mo- moving her body or doing the the blanket and stuff like that all track, but like that abuse because I don't know that's that's some of the dumbest shit that like I just can't rationalize you would do unless you were a piece of shit who wanted to do that. That's true. That's true because the whole like uh, mutilating the dead body, but like maybe that's not even under their thought process. It's the lawyer. Like, I think of that sometimes with this. It's like, Burke smashes the kid's head. She goes down and go, I'm going to call the cops. She's like, no, I'm calling my lawyer first. See what we should do. And then the lawyer's like, cover it up. Here's how you do it. Yeah. I don't know. I It's still, he's, he's a nine-year-old kid. I don't think it happened. That just seems unlikely as fuck. Yeah, I just think it's, uh, I, it's the only thing that makes sense to me with, uh, yeah. And you know what? It's stupid because it's all like, that's the other thing. It it feels so not thought out the first six hours of the cops being there, the phone call not happening, and then them finding the that body. It seems from that point, from when the cops are originally called till they get the body is so just like rush job of everything. It doesn't feel like it's thought out to the point where, okay, we're covering it up. It just feels like they're being dumb the whole time. Like why if he's trying to cover it up, why is he carrying the body upstairs? Like, why don't you just put the body you you've a private jet? You mm-hmm. know, you're a rich guy, you have private fucking planes, you just don't say anything, get put her in the fucking suitcase, bring her to Costa Rica or where the fuck else you go, drop her off there and leave. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what's the like if it's them, any one of the family members covering for any one of the family, they're all dumb. Like they didn't really make good choices because like Seriously, rich enough to have private jets. I'm sorry, that body could have been out of America. Could have well, been like in the ocean. And that's the thing. I mean, it sounds like if they all have this equal amount of theories about them, it was a family activity and they did do it together. And that's why they think the at the end with what did you find and all that enhanced audio. That's why people mm-hmm. use it to point towards Patsy or Burke because like they're being stern with Burke. We're not talking to you. And then like, oh my God, what did you do? And then Burke tries to talk again, like, what did you find? Like, just a dumb kid didn't even realize he killed his sister, maybe. I don't know. Mm. So I that's what I said. I I hate this case because it's so hard to pick. Like, I it doesn't make sense someone broke in and waited around the house, it's wrote a 20 minute, 29 minute long, put everything back in place where they got it from, like the letters, note, like the pen and everything else, waited around for them to fall asleep, kill, murder a little girl ask for ransom then just leave without killing her like it doesn't none of it makes sense for an, in, in, so it has to be someone in the house it's just like who did it 
I lean towards it was a good old who done it Christmas mystery. That's what I'm telling you the entire time they were doing. <laughs> so I, I'm down with going with your theory on this. If we're gonna I actually so because the ransom note, when I remember this part specifically, and I remember it because I listened to it before I got on today. Um, the ransom note was so like weirdly said that I started searching around for like Santa Claus murder mystery parties that were created before 1996. But that like side of the internet was not well documented back in the 90s. So like <laughs> there were murder mysteries, but like I can't find specific dates as to when they were created. And it was more of like a hobbyist thing um, and less of like now I could go and I could find like, oh, this murder mystery exists and these are the rules and this is how it plays out. You know what I mean? But like it doesn't extend to that. Okay, niche. Well, I'll play the I'll play the game with you for fun. So let's say it's this. And what what's the plan? Was she already dead when they got there? The family set up a real murder mystery? Or did someone just read the note and go like, I must kill the little girl to make this a real mystery? Like, did someone go too far or did they call people over? No, I think, no, no, no. I don't think somebody was trying to make it a real mystery. I think there was this whole like, um, oh, okay, we're going to do this. Okay, burn. You help us. You go down. Your your sister's the one that's kidnapped. You go down and you just hang out with her there and keep her there and do this. And like maybe for some reason they they got out, you know, the, the art supplies and they're like, well, we're gonna tie her up. And the, she's like, Yeah, tie me up or whatever. And he tied it too tight, and that was it. She just died. And then everybody was like, Oh shit, we're complicit in this. We need to like go along with it. And that's why it was so like weird, but like sure, I guess in that scenario. Burke did kill her, but I don't think they were covering it up to protect him, right? I think they were covering up because they were like, fuck, we did tell him to go do that. Like, but we didn't want him to actually hurt her, but we put them in the scenario to pretend that this was happening. Oh, okay. I can the only that reason game. I say that is because when you read the ransom note, it sounds so like murder mystery gimmicky. Then I'm like, ooh, I don't know about that. It's literally cliches that are taken for movies. So it's like not you're you're right. It's yeah, originally cinematic. The part that doesn't make sense though, RJ's right though. That's why the family doesn't make sense is the fucking wood parts inside of her vagina that were from that paintbrush. Like it listen, I'm just saying sense. I played I played one murder mystery ever. It was a Star Trek murder mystery. In the end, sorry to spoil it for anyone who hasn't had the chance to play it yet everybody's the murderer not even joking i we got to the end and i was like this is the dumbest game i've ever fucking played <laughs> that played out in real life because they were all complicit honestly that's what i really think happened anyway i just think burke's the one to pull the trigger that's why they're so covering but it could have been something yeah you're right where they told him to go tie up his sister we're gonna have a fun because the only reason that nobody comes forward after all these years is because they all felt complicit in some way and the only reason they would all feel complicit is if they all knew, like, oh, shit, this is the game we're playing. We're going to actually have them act it out, right? Like, It's pretty late, though. Like, yeah, maybe. I, I put it this way. I'm in. Let's let's call it that a murder mystery unless RJ has uh, wants Hillary a Christmas werewolf. Christmas yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with the – if we're not going to agree that the dad is a crazy abusive uh, – Well, I, I'm still uh, saying he uh, probably is. Oh, cool. All right. Well, then, as long as we agree with that, then yeah, Hillary Clinton werewolf. <laughs> okay. Well, let's call it a murder mystery, Christmas murder mystery. I like that. I'm down with that. John masterminded this whole thing. 
everyone thought, oh, we're playing a fun game, but John just killed her because he was like, oh, we're not, it's not a real murder mystery? Oh, shit. You got too excited. You told me to do this, Patsy. You wanted to do something different for Christmas this year. I didn't know you didn't actually want me to murder. So he was trying to be romantic to Patsy by murdering the daughter. <laughs> what I did for you, mother. I just watched Private Dicks and I think RJ's the funniest. What? Come on!